Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Up The Guts podcast. Joining as always is your host, Tricky. And I am the only person on the podcast this week, purely because the boys are just busy a bit. Normally, we would take the week off, but I thought it's too big of a week to not talk about some of the things that's happening. So I said, why not just jump on it myself? And just so you guys know, we do have a big guest plan coming up in the next few weeks. So look out for that. But I just wanted to show, uh, talk about the bizarre week that we had in the footy mainly. Um, so obviously with the big news of Lance Buddy Franklin retiring, I thought it would be rude not to go on and make an episode and honor some of his, um, some of his stuff. Obviously, uh, Buddy would be one of the, uh, greatest, uh, players that we've ever, we've ever seen actually play the game. Like some of his stats speak to himself, 354 games, 1,066 goals, a two times premiership player, an eight time all Australian, a four times Coleman uh, he's a six-time Hawthorne leading goal kicker, a seven-time Sydney leading goal kicker, and he's also won the goal of the year two times. Now, I put it out, and let me know in the comments as well if, um, before I go on, uh, before I end this, sorry. Uh, what is your favourite buddy What is your favorite buddy moment? And I've got a few. So one of my favourite buddy moments would have to be the the Kale, the Kale Hooker um, goal of the year. That was, I believe, the 2010 one or 2013 where he ran and um, it was something unusual about Buddy I found. When he went on, he was known to go on a bit of a run and have a couple of bounces, but I always found once he got one or two bounces in, he could never bounce the ball properly. Not that he couldn't bounce it properly, but it wasn't, it wasn't always clean, but just his athleticism to still stay in control of the ball and finish the way he could, you got to feel sorry for the likes of Kale Hooker there chasing him down like that. But it was just interesting that uh, uh, the way he can – Someone at his height was able to do that sort of stuff. I know there were people that came out, Shane Crawford came out and said that in the 400 metres, obviously Buddy, when he was younger, had a 400 metre and athletics background, state champion, I believe, to his name. But uh, he would actually uh, challenge the likes of Shane Crawford and all the other people who were known to be really good runners in uh, the, the Hawthorne Football Club. So it was interesting that. So that's one of the moments that obviously possibly the last time we'll ever see it 2008 when he kicked his 100th goal. Now, I don't know if we'll ever see it again. Everyone thought it could have been a possibly possibility this year when Charlie Cameron, not Charlie Cameron, sorry, uh, Charlie Kernow and Jeremy Cameron went off to a flying start, but they both quiet down a bit in the middle. Uh, but I think that may as, they may very well be the last time we ever see 100 goals kicked in, uh, kicked in one season and... What a moment it was. And for him to kick his thousandth goal as well, to watch all the players run on the ground, was an unreal moment. Another one that comes from top of mind when I'm thinking of Buddy is Anthony Hudson's call of his 13 goals. When you hear the 13, 13, I see it, but I don't believe it. Buddy has kicked 13 on the siren. And then what was it when he gets to 12? Um, number 12, sometimes you just got to sit back and enjoy the show and what a show he's putting on. He has 12 goals and it was just amazing to see someone kick 13 goals. But I think what made that moment more is the, the credibility to Anthony Hudson's call of it. It was just an un, unreal call. Now we also do have a couple of other retirements that happened as of today. So we also have Shannon Hearn. So I'm recording this on Tuesday. Shannon Hearn retired uh, what a warrior he's been for the West Coast Eagles. Uh, 330 games, 50 goals off that half-back line. Just captain courageous was West Coast. He was a captain of the Eagles in 2015 and 2019. Was a premiership captain in 2018. 
He's a West Coast um, Games record holder. It's currently standing at 330 as we speak. He's a two-time All-Australian in 2018 and 2019. He had the honour of being named vice-captain. In 2019, he was also the AFLPA best captain in the whole competition, 2019. And he's a three-time Glendening Allen medalist. So let me know um, in the comments and what you guys think of Shannon Hearn. I just, when I think of Shannon Hearn, I just think that beautiful kick he's got off that half-back line and it's really damaging and he just doesn't look like he ages. It, it could have looked like he would could keep going if you ask me, but uh, he is getting on and I'm not surprised by the decision, but I do see how he could have still went on, if that makes sense. But in, the most interesting one we have, the big one of this season has been the control of concussion and the lawsuit and the going to court, the old players coming in and talking about their past experience and trying to sue the AFL. So former Collingwood player and former now Hawthorne uh, Ruckman Max Lynch has announced his retirement as of the Tuesday, this Tuesday afternoon or evening um, due to um, continuous concussions and not being able to get back out in the field, which is a really sad sign. So I'm happy that that decision has been made and he hasn't pushed his body. Will that happen? Now, I want to keep a close eye on will this now happen to Paddy McCartan? Paddy McCartan, when he when he's come back and played for Sydney, all means so as I have water, all means he's he's made his career back and as a defender and he's been magnificent. But it's the way that he's getting his concussions, he's hardly getting touched and then get I just, I just fear for his safety. They've passed they've cleared him once to go out and play. Will they clear him again or will he even just stand out and say, Look, I understand. I'm not uh, I don't want to put my body through this. It'll be interesting to know, but uh, yeah, so as we move on to a couple of other uh, topics I want to discuss, let's, let's may as well go go through the round as we do. And uh, so, obviously, no, we'll start with the cricket, sorry. Uh, the fifth test of the over, obviously, the series was two all in the end, but Aussies retain the Ashes uh, after a washout in the last test. After getting to a 2-0 lead. So first innings, England made 283 of Harry Brook. Top scoring at 85 from 91. Mitchell Stark took 4 for 82 for the Aussies. The Aussies in return made 295 with Steve Smith. Um, top scoring for them with 71 from 123. While Chris Wokes, geez, hasn't he had a good series since coming into the side? Took 3 for 61. In the second innings, geez, England did not look like they were going out at one point. I remember watching it. I was at JP's Bucks. Uh, We'll talk about it more when we get JP back and when we tie him with his wedding. But I remember watching it at a bar with one of our mates, Hodgie, and I was just like, we're, we're never getting them out. I think it was when uh, Best, yeah, Bearstow and Root were in. I was like, we're not getting them out. So England, we ended up getting them out for 395. Root making 91 and Johnny Bearstow making 78. Well, Zach Crawley also made 73. Mitch Stark took four for 100. And Todd Murphy popped up for a four for 110. In reply, Usman Kawaja made 72 from 145. Steve Smith made 54, while Chris Chris Wokes continued with 4 for 50. And Moen Ali had 3 for 76, ultimately having England win that game by 49 runs. Now, I don't know about you guys, but watching it, I was watching it at home in my bed, um, just doing uh, doing some preparation notes and that. And I was like, geez, we are in a really good position. Steve Smith looked like he was calm in the ship. Uh, Travis Head looked like he would be... Uh, stay with him and I think I might have turned it off after lunch and I just was like how have we uh when I checked the scores in the morning like how's that happened but the one I want to talk about there's been a lot of bizarre moments that's happened this series 
this one's got to be up there. Ben Stokes with his bizarre drop catch. So I want you guys to let me know in the comments what went wrong. Would, did, do you guys think that uh, he f- uh, threw it up in the air, um, sorry, threw it down in celebration or he just didn't have control? Obviously, in the end, it was deemed not out that he didn't have full control of the ball. So I'd like to know if you guys think that was the right decision. Player of the match was Chris Wokes with seven wickets. Australia, the Australian player of the series was Mitchell Stark, who, who was very solid with 23 wickets at 27.08 bowling average and best figures of 578. Well, the England player of the series, as I mentioned before, was Chris Wokes with 19 wickets, an average of 18.14 and best figures of 562. Now, prior to this test starting, we had an England, we'll say legend, uh, announced his retirement, uh, Stuart Broad. Geez, what a, um, what a player and what a career he's had. Some of the stats we can go through here is uh, 167 test matches. He took 604 wickets, uh, bowling average of 27.68. Anything below 30 is exceptional. Uh, best bowling of 8 for 15. And he also made a century. Um, his batting could go a bit um, un- underrated, but he could definitely hold his own uh, when he was um, in batting. I know he, he made 1350s as well, and I'm pretty sure he made an 80 against us at the G1 series. And he made a top score of 169. And just a magnificent series uh, he had. Uh, Love him or hate him, he was a mag- he was a magnificent bowler, so you can't take that away from him. As we may as well move into a bit of the footy talk now as well. I'm here. It just won't be as in-depth uh, chat as it would be if I had the other boys here. But Collingwood would be Carlton. Collingwood suffering the loss, 10-16-76, uh, defeated by the Carlton that we've been waiting for all year and expected to have all year, 14-9-93. Some of the goal kickers yet, Howe with three, McStay with two. Charlie popped up for another bag of six. Martin kicked three and Motlop kicked two. Nick Dacos, although didn't have the massive influence he normally has, had 28 with nine scoring bombs, six clearances and six tackles. Josh Dacos is, had 27 at 85% efficiency and Dugowie had 25 with five clearances. Nick Newman was solid down black for the Blues with 27 at eight, going at 85%, 10 marks, 9 steps and 7 tackles, while Blake Akers off the wing at 23. Some of the things I noticed while watching the game was, as I mentioned, this is the Carlton we have been waiting for. Jesus, uh, take it a while. They started off with a couple of good uh, games early on in the season, but they just lost their way and I don't know what it was. But what does this mean? Uh, for Collingwood, are we worried about Collingwood? I know in the last month that they've been beaten at the ground ball gets. Is that, I don't know what that is. Is that the lack of not having Tom Mitchell maybe spending a bit more in the midfield? But that could be interesting to look at. Uh, obviously, Charlie Kerno kicked six, but uh, might be sound biased here. But there was some questionable free kicks in there. And I know I've had a couple of conversations with people who actually brought that up with me. And I went back and watched him. I thought, oh, um, so... Yeah, but nothing away from Charlie Kerno there. But Jeremy Howe, the forward, question mark? It's the credit with Jeremy Howe. He obviously wasn't doing enough back and we needed something down forward. Now we've got Darcy Moore down there. We've got Nathan Murphy. The thing I want to, I want, I think needs to happen at the Pies at the moment, Billy Frampton needs to play in that team as a defender, not as a forward, not as a ruck. He needs to be playing as a defend, key defender as he was recruited. And that frees up, um, frees up Darcy Moore to play his game. Another person that needs to be playing is Ash Johnson. Ash Johnson is just that wild card. You don't know what's going to happen. He's, not got, he's going to pop up for a mark. He could have a shocking game. He could have a really good game. He's that wild card that you need in the team, especially come finals. Does he make way? Um, does he come in for the like of a Mason Cox? We'll have to wait and see. 
while Chera did his hamstring. Uh, Geelong, Fremantle, 9-10-64. Frio got up by seven points. Uh, Hawkins and Henry kicking two. Corbett, Schultz and Frederick kicked the two. Duncan was really good off the half-back line with 27 touches at 85%, eight marks, nine intercepts, while Stewart was also exceptional with 25, 11 marks, eight intercepts, 12 rebound 50s, and 766 metres gain. So wrong, so right. Caleb Sarong at 29 with seven clearances. Brayshaw, 28 at eight score involvement, seven inside 50s, and a massive 11 tackles, while Ryan had 28 with 10 intercepts, 10 rebound 50s, and 644 metres gain. Some of the things, uh, Frio snapped, snapped the four-game losing streak. It was a good... Um, it was a good game to watch. I know I was flicking between this one and the next game we'll touch on, but uh, it was a very good game to watch. And uh, one of the other points I've got down here, Michael Frederick's last quarter. Jeez, he was extraordinary. He was exceptional. He was just everywhere, providing that spark, the, the quickness and the electric, electric uh, speed he brings. And that goal from the pocket, oh, my God. It, there was no way of stopping that. And he just looked like to be everywhere. It came in his own. And – uh. Shout out to Chris Scott, though, to overtook Greg Higgies, the longest serving Ge- Geelong coach, currently at 305. Uh, some injuries for some big men for the Geelong Cats, though, with Blixars and Hawkins both doing hamstrings. Yeah, this was a ripping game. Uh, Western Bulldogs and GWS. Uh, GWS got, got up by six points. English and Chalor kicked two. Green kicked five. Riccardi kicked three. Some of the disposal, you have some massive games here with Bailey Dale off the half-back line. 37 and at 793 metres gained. Uh, Liberatore had 35 with 10 clearances. Chalor had 34 with two goals. Nine score involvement, seven clearances. McRae had 32 with nine clearances. Bont had 27 with seven clearances. English uh, had 25 33 hitouts, two goals, seven inside 15, seven score involvements. While well, if you go over to the Giants, they also had some big game plays with Whitfield off that half back line, electric with 36, 81% efficiency. Uh, Cornelia also had 34 with seven um, seven clearances and nine tackles. And Ash, uh, Lockie Ash had 30 with seven rebound 50s, while Kelly also had 25 with a mammoth 14 tackles. Some of the things in this game, though, when in doubt, Toby Green stands up. Kicking four of the fir- uh, four of his five goals in the third quarter. Now Taylor DeRay had a really good first half on him, but then Toby Green, when when he, you needed him the most, he stood up. And may, dare I say, it, this this GWS team is dangerous. It is really dangerous. Uh, Marcus Bonapelli had thirteen touches in the first quarter after Adam Kingsley came out in the press conference and uh, early in the week and said they did have a plan for. Bontempelli, as he, he did tear him up last time and played him, but then just let him run free uh, in the first quarter, allowing him to collect 13 touches. That didn't last long because it started the second quarter. Cement hit himself. Callum Ward went straight to him around a stoppage, just keeping to 14 touches for the next three quarters, which was crucial in the game. Both halfbacks were brilliant for each team. Bailey Dow with 37 and Lockie Whitfield with 36. And Sam Taylor is another one who was huge with eight marks and a game high, 15 intercept possessions and shut Norton down to just one goal. Now, um, unlucky for Josh Bruce, it's been confirmed he's done an ACL and Keith has a concussion. Surpri- bit of a surprise game, this one, Gold Coast and Brisbane. So uh, Gold Coast, 15-6-96, defeated Brisbane, 7-13-55 by 41 points. Ben King um, finally bounced back with some form, kicking five and doing a really good job. Uh, Keevan Harris Andrews quiet. Ainsworth and Caswell both kicked the two. Charlie Cameron kicked two as well. Flanders continues his good form with 32. Anderson 29. Miller 29. Atkins 28. Power 28. Dunkley uh, had 30 with nine clearances. McCluggage had 28. Uh, some of the talking points you had there was from the first bounce, 
Uh, Gold Coast made some really good uh, positioning and strategies to shut down players. So one of the ones was Took Miller, put his hand up early in the week and said, I want to go to Lockie Neal. He went to Lockie Neal and he kept into just 17 disposals and four clearances, which everyone knows Lockie Neal's clearance game is elite. So to keep him to just that, another one they did, as I mentioned earlier, Ben King uh, went to Harris Andrews and just played on him and let Harris Andrews uh, take him to the ball. Jackson Payne was trying to go with him, but then that let someone else free. So they were in no man's land, which allowed Ben King to pop up for the five goals. Another another one they did was allow Noah Anderson to sometimes start in the middle, sometimes start in the wing, sometimes start at half forward. Confused confused their um, midfield about who was on him and then often this, the ball came out of stoppages to Noah Anderson delivering the ball with exceptional ball use. And Lions top two's hopes after that loss is now on the ropes. Another cracking game I actually watched from Crown during the Bucks night was that last quarter, SNMV Sydney... Uh, Essendon 15-9-99, defeated by Sydney 15-11-101. Kyle Langford kicked five and Peter Wright kicked four. While you go over to the Sydney Swans, Amadi kicked four, Wicks kicked three, Papley and Heaney kicked two. Merritt was huge with 39 and nine clearances. Parrish had 27, Caldwell 27 and 11 clearances and Heppel 25. If you go over to the Sydney Swans, Gordon with 37 and 725 metres gain. Lloyd's 31 going at 87%. Efficiency and Campbell had 26 and Warner had 26 as well. Uh, Errol Gordon for All-Australian. At the moment, I'm going to say I have him in my team and Rampy has also done a calf as we quickly go to the, the showdown. Now, this was definitely a surprise as I just grabbed this book for the next segment as we got coming up. Uh, Adelaide v. Adelaide Walker. Adelaide getting the job done by 47 points. Walker kicked seven, Fogarty two, Pedler two, Keys two, McAdam, Murphy and Sloan. For Port, Frankie Evans popped up for four and the rest were single goal kickers. Uh, Taylor Walker took home the showdown medal, but not far followed by Jordan Dawson who had 34, 10 score involvement, seven inside 50s and 627 metres game. Uh, Matt Crouch had 32 going at 91% with 12 clearances and Malira had 32 uh, going 32 with 672 metres gained. Uh, but Butters for the Port at 32 with six clearances. Rosie, 26. Houston, also 26 with 622 metres gained. Some of the talking points are text dominates the showdown. What a... Let me just put it like this, guys. If we were talking about this two, two years ago... I would have not argued if someone told me Taylor Walker's done, he's not getting a contract, no one else wants him. I wouldn't argue that. Maybe another club might have picked him up, but he was just in some shocking form. The turnaround Taylor Walker has needs some applause because it's been extraordinary. He's one of their most crucial players in Adelaide at the moment and, geez, he's just in some unreal touch and he's only five goals away from five or six goals away from Charlie Kerner in the Coleman medal race, so it's not over yet. Matt Crouch was dominant around the contest for the Crows with his contract up in questions. Will Adelaide renew it? And will another club uh, look for him? Ken, if if you know, let me know in the comments of who you think Matt Crouch would uh, fit. I'm thinking of uh, Geelong Cats to give it out to some of those younger ones like Tanner Bruin and Max Holmes. He can do the grunt work inside and get the clearances out to them. Uh, Wayne Malero's drive off the halfback was critical. 
Now, the big talking point was Aaliyah Lear's head clash with Lockie Jones. Jones was subbed out with a migraine, but Aaliyah was cleared and returned to the field just seven minutes later. There's a big fine coming from the AFL. I don't know what it is yet. It hasn't been confirmed. I mean, big fine from the AFL to Port Adelaide, sorry. Uh, this was a disgrace. This was an utter disgrace. Aaliyah Lear did not know where he was when he got hit. He looked worse than Jones. He almost looked like he was dead, for God's sake. That was a disgrace that they didn't even put him through the test that Jones went through that everyone should go through as a concussion. Port Adelaide need to have a good, long, hard look at himself because that's a bloody disgrace. Uh, number one, and then some of the injuries there, you got Butts who did his ankle, Jones, uh, migraine, and Bergman groin. But yeah, Port Adelaide, get your shit together because that's a disgrace. And it also happened last year with Tom Jonas and uh, Xavier Dersma or Zach Butters, one of them. Uh, Hawthorne v St Kilda. Now, Saints were in a bit of trouble in this game until they ran away with it in the last quarter, getting home by 29 points. Luke Bruce for the Hawks kicked six. Lewis and Wingard and Day both kicked two. For the Saints, Butler kicked four. Crouch, three. Higgins, Sharman and Caminiti kicked the two. Impey had 31 and 11 marks to go to go along with it for the Hawks. Warple had 30 and seven clearances. Wingard 20, was exceptional with 26, two goals and 10 score involvements. Sicily had his impact nullified by Cooper Sharman, um, but still got the 26, seven miles and eight intercepts, but not the same metres gained as you would notice. And um, notice from Sicily, the way he can impact a game is phenomenal, and the way uh, Cooper Sharman shut him out was really good, I thought. But you can't keep a uh, great player down like that for forever. Obviously, we've seen it with Dacos get still able to get those touches, but if you can nullify the impact, that's the key. Uh, someone who I think's come out, in, um, not coming out of nowhere, but his second or third year, he's having an exceptional season off that halfback line for the St. Kilda. Wangane Malira had 33, gone at 82% efficiency and took 10 marks. Crouch had 32, with, uh, and he was really good, actually. Crouch, th- 32, three goals, 12 score runs and eight clearances. A ripping game there from Crouch. Sinclair also had 26, gone at 92% efficiency, and Wood had 25. Uh, some of the things from this game, uh, Hawks fight back, but the Saints run away of it in the last, ultimately keeping their finals chance alive. I don't think Saints will make it, but this was a good start. Uh, Hawks mid-rookie, um, mid-season rookie draft, uh, Brandon, draftee, Brandon Ryan, shows promise on debut. Eight disposals, five marks, and a nice classy goal there. So this one's a future for the Hawks. Some of the injuries you got, Jones with a knee and Sharman uh, did he, injured his leg. Uh, Richmond, Melbourne. This was also an interesting game, this one. We had a lot of interesting games this weekend. Uh, in the end, Melbourne getting it done by 32 points and kicking a mammoth 20 goals. Uh, but for the Tigers, 15-8-98, uh, Martin with the three and McIntosh and Baker with the two. Petty kicked six Van Ro- for the Ds. Van Rowan kicked four for the Ds. Melchon four and Pickett two. Some of the disposals, yeah, Bolton who had 25, eight clearances, 11 inside 57 scoring moments and 606 metres gained. And Tarana had 24 to go along with nine clearances. Uh, Viney for the D's had 32 with seven clearances. Petrarca, 29, eight clearances, eight inside 50s, four goal assists, and 13 score involvements. So big game there for Petrarca. Another big game is for the skipper, uh, Gorn, 28 with 40 hitouts, 11 clearances, eight inside 50s, and 10 score involvements. Uh, Harrison Petty shines as a forward with a career-high six goals, and their forward line for once actually looked like it functioned really well. So is this one way they're going to look through in the future? We'll have to wait and see. Jacob Van Ruin also kicked a career-high four goals, while Melchon also continues his form with four goals. He's so crucial to that Melbourne forward line. 
And the last game of the round, uh, how many people tuned into this one? And I know if you're a North supporter, you were not happy with this. Uh, West Coast beating you guys by 5.72 to 67. Allen kicked two, Cripps two. Uh, for the Kangaroos, you had Curtis with four, Larky and Cher- Cherry with two. Uh, some of the disposals, the Eagles. Kelly had 26 to go along with seven clearances. Sheed, 26. Gaff, 25. And Jaden Hunt, 25 and nine score involvements. For the Kangaroos, Sheed's led 31 and nine rebound 50s. Davies Uniac, 30 to go along with eight clearances and 566 metres gained. Uh, some of the talking points is uh, West Coast Eagles uh, snap at 16-game losing streak. Uh, magnificent there, but I don't... I w- I don't know how long this build's going to take. It's going to take a while. It's going to take at least minimum five years. What does this mean for North? It's not a great look for them. They do get Clarkson back next week, but how much can he do in a few weeks? Um, not much probably, but Paul Curtis showed some light there with four goals in the second quarter. It's good to have Luke Davis Jr. back from injury and in some uh, good form. Now, I'll go with my uh, team of the week as well. Okay, so my team of the week, uh, I'll post on Instagram, uh, YouTube Shorts probably, if, it ha- if it's under a minute, I'm not quite sure yet, Facebook and TikTok. But this is for the listeners who are just listening to the potty and if you've tuned out now, apologies for that. This is just what we've had to do and I thought it was too critical and I just wanted to get something out for you guys to listen to, but we do have some big things coming, so stay tuned for that. Full back line uh, from the Adelaide Crows, Wayne Malira, Alex Pierce and Jake Lloyd. Uh, Lockie Whitfield, Sam Taylor, and Bailey Dale round out my half back line. My centre line is Errol Goulden, Matt Crouch, and Andrew Brayshaw. My half forward line is Kyle Langford, Taylor Walker, and Toby Green. Full forward line, Harrison Petty, Charlie Kerner, Luke Bruce. Uh, my followers are Max Gorn, uh, Brad Crouch, Zach Merritt. My interchange is Tim English, Adam Chalor, Jordan Dawson, Ben King, and my sub is Wanganee Malira. Now, there was a few changes to the Rolling All-Australian, so we will go through that as well as we're nearing the end of the episode. So a couple changes to this one. So full back line, Sam Taylor comes in for Isaac Quainer. He's had an exceptional... It'll be interesting to see if he's had enough games to credit what he deserves because he's had an exceptional year to back it up from last year as well. Harris Andrews and James Sisley keep their spot. Half back line stays the same with Dan Houston, Darcy Moore, and Jack Sinclair. Uh, Josh Dacos on the wing, Marcus Bonapelli. Now I'm going to cop. They're not here right now, but I'm going to cop so much dick for this. Nick Martin hasn't found himself on a wing spot here. This this player here is uh, not career. Sorry, season has been too hard to ignore. So Errol Goulden and Josh Dacos are my two wingers as we speak. My half forward line, Toby Green, Joe Danaher, and Christian Matraka. Full forward line, Kyle Langford comes into the side. Really good season as today, just constantly kicking goals. And he can play anywhere. He can play in the mid. He can play down back. Uh, so he comes in for Jamie Elliott, Charlie Kuno, and Taylor Walker. My midfield, Tim English, Jordan Dawson, Nick Dacos. And my bench, Tom Libertore, Connor Rosie, Zach Butters, Caleb Sarong, and my sub is Zach Merritt. Just to go over, ins. Uh, Sam Taylor for Isaac Quainer, Errol Gordon for Nick Martin, Kyle Langford for Jamie Elliott. Now, it's just about time we end the show, so I'm going to round off with the tips for next week. So Friday night at Marvel Stadium, we have got Western Bulldogs v. Richmond. Mm, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. And let us know in the comments who, you, who you're who you going for as well. Uh, 
in uh, Saturday, the 1.45pm game at Marble Stadium. We've got Essendon v West Coast going with Essendon. 2.10 on Saturday at Adelaide Oval, Adelaide v Gold Coast and going with the Crows. The MCG, 4.35pm, Hawthorne v Collingwood and going to go with the Pies. Uh, first um, 7.25pm game, Geelong v Port at Jim HBA Stadium. You know what? I'm going to go with the Cats. 7.30, uh, WS v Sydney, the Battle of the Breach, and I'm backing the Informed Giants. There's something about them. Just keep an eye on them. Uh, one ten on Sunday, North v Melbourne at Bloodstone Arena. Uh, I'm going to go with Melbourne. Uh, 3.20 game, Marvel Stadium, St Kilda and Carlton. I'm going to go with Carlton. And the rounded off at Optus Stadium, 4.40, Frio v Brisbane, and I'm going to go with Brisbane. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of Up The Guts. Make sure you're following all our socials. And apologies about this, but it was too too much of a big week to not mention anything, but we do have a guest coming up in the next week or so, so stay tuned for that. Cheers, guys.